it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Yankees and Blue Jays still scoreless now in the bottom of the seventh in Toronto. NBA East Finals game one tonight about two and a half minutes into the second quarter. Heat leading the Celtics 39-36. I, it might have been Rick Riley, the great sports writer. I think it was him when he was writing for Sports Illustrated. And the team was named the Miami Heat. And he said, what's their logo going to be? Two dogs panting? Wow. <laughs> Kellen's, Kellen's surprised to hear that. Well, bow wow to you too, <laughs> Mr. Riley, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Okay, uh, appreciate your uh, thoughts, questions. Comments on the Edmonton Oilers. We will get more of that right now with our weekly guest here on Inside Sports, presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now broadcaster. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Reading yourself? I am doing okay, though I've talked to a lot of sad people over the last two or three days, <laughs> believe it or not. And yes, I would imagine in your city, yeah, there'd be some sad, disappointed uh, people, maybe some little angry, all sorts of emotions. It's it's different. For, I, I've brought this up a few times, and I've, I've you know I've done interviews on other radio shows and stuff, and I'm, I'm curious your take. And you know Edmonton well because you're from here, and yeah. you know a lot of people here. Yeah. It is different this year. It, it it is honestly more a sense of sadness and disappointment because I think last year. There was a little more fun. There was pride in beating Calgary. Hey, Colorado's a great team. They were picked yeah. by many to win it, and they did. This year feels different. Like you having those roots in Edmonton, but yet being sort of on the outside as well. Like, what's your vibe? Sure. Yeah, I I think people are so disappointed because they thought that after, as you mentioned, such a great run last year, that they were on to uh, even bigger things this year. Like, seriously, I, I think most people – uh, or a lot of people anyways, really thought that the Oilers would be in the Stanley Cup Finals and have a really good chance at winning. In fact, uh, we here at Sportsnet do our own little uh, uh, um, playoff pool, and uh, I chose the New York Rangers versus the Edmonton Oilers in the finals. And so, you know, when everybody has that high of expectation for the group and they fall short, uh, losing the second round, it's, yeah, one of disappointment for sure. Look, I'll preface this by saying Vegas is an awesome team. Um, yeah. So we got to acknowledge that. But fr from an Oilers perspective, you know, was it games one and three they didn't play their game? Was it the second periods in games five and six? You know, what, what the goaltending, defensive play, only one goal on that five-minute power? <laughs> All these little things, right? What, what was a key or two for you that, that just went wrong for Edmonton in that series? Uh, you know, I think that 
secondary scoring for sure was something that uh, I think you and I even talked about it last week that that was something that had really fallen off and and unfortunately if the power play then isn't going uh you're gonna have a hard time and uh the power play um, you know overall was nothing short of amazing uh haven't seen anything like it forever but then you know I think that to a certain degree uh falling behind in the series uh you know I think maybe lastly one thing that we haven't really talked about and I think it was sort of important for last year as well getting through LA in the first round I think just beats up a lot of people I think there's you expend so much energy just getting rid of those guys and then there's carryover there has to be I mean I'm sure a lot of guys weren't all that healthy and then lastly when you say about goaltending yes Skinner had a tough run and uh you know when you get pulled going into the final game three of the 11 starts that you've had that mentally has to be exhausting and and really difficult to bounce back and then the last game he's pulled again that's going to be hard for him to to move beyond i don't know if he's spoken about it much but um you know i just think that when you get pulled you have 12 starts in a playoff year and you get pulled four times there's some uh, damage there that he's going to have to overcome so and i mean this is perfect asking you because you played the position and you were you were the guy most of your your career yeah. though i know you know when you were younger obviously you were back up and and all that kind of stuff but was it a mistake hindsight being 2020 but but even as you're watching in series was it a mistake not to go to Campbell and say, look, you played well near the end of the season. Yes, you got some poor stats, but, but we signed you to win playoff games. Like, did what do you, what did you make of that decision to keep going back to Stewart? Well, that's easy now, but right. I would I would have definitely gone back with Stuart Skinner. I he he was the guy that they uh they had earmarked as their number one guy. He uh he played great all season long. Uh, I thought he was really good in the first round versus L.A. Um, and then when they had their problems versus uh, uh, Vegas, it's, it was kind of to me like, you know, it's a little bit too late now. But also, having said that, again, with uh, hindsight 2020, all that kind of stuff, uh, the, the pulling them that often, I, I don't think they should have done that either. That was, that was set in motion the the doubt that he didn't need and that i'm sure he had to deal with in in the final game but moving forward maybe it'll be more of a combination of two goaltenders that's not unusual in today's nhl and and maybe they would look at that uh uh next year so are, so are you suggesting that even in the games where he'd given up you know three or four and it's in the second period that it, it would have been better just to leave him in there and say you started this you're going to finish it 100% not even close and I, I said that uh, in our pregame you wouldn't have uh, been able to watch us on our in our pregame show uh, before the final game uh, when Vegas eliminated them I talked about uh, the extra baggage that Stuart Skinner would be carrying into the game and how difficult it would be to get through the game and have a have a strong performance so all those little uh, pulls they add up like Elliot disagreed with me and he said the other polls were at the right time in their affair and as an outsider of course you know it looks it but then you're asking a guy to bounce back each and every time and i don't care what anybody says unless you played the position there's a certain amount of embarrassment when you get pulled 
And even though the coach says, hey, but you're going to start next game and you might have words of encouragement, th there's some damage there. And, you know, it's not just as simple as saying, okay, well, we need you to be great now to start next game. You know, when you get pulled that often, it, it adds up, takes its toll. Kelly Rudy joining us at Inside Sports. So the series ends. When you were on last week, we we had talk about the Petrangelo suspension. Then there's the handshake line. Uh, Dreisaitl shook his hand in perhaps yeah. one of the briefest handshakes yeah. <laughs> in hockey history. I mean, you shook. I'm sure you shook hands with players. Maybe you would have rather not have in in your career. Yeah. What's it like in that line? Is 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 this a tradition? I mean, Brownie has said maybe it's time to shake hands before the game and not do it, you know, or something like that sure. uh, in amateur sports. Anyway, what did you think of Drysaddle's handshake with Petrangelo, and and how hard can that be for a player? Okay, you don't owe anybody a handshake. You know that line. It's there and it's traditional. Uh, I know I'm going to make some people angry with this comment, but I've never been a fan of it anyways. Uh, you know, I participated willingly, but uh, I know Billy Smith never participated. I, there have been a few others uh, on occasion throughout our history that for whatever reason, uh, they decided not to participate as well. Um, I think if we look back in history, we might remember... Uh, Milan Lucic saying something to one of the Montreal Canadian players. I can't remember who it was. Uh, and I think if you could read lips, it, it was pretty nasty what he said. Um, and so, you know, I, I've just always, I, I never said anything nice to anybody in a handshake line. And I don't remember anybody saying anything nice to me. Now, I, I'm fully aware that today's game is different and players now tap your you know, pat each other on the chest. And, and there's certainly a lot of uh, compliments being paid in today's handshake line in comparison to, uh, to my day, but you know, uh, it's just a different world. And I accepted that, but uh, man, I, I have, I never said anything nice to anybody ever. So we, well, we didn't say anything mean. Would you just say nothing or just say good luck or not even that? Uh, I may have said good luck, but I, you know, knowing my personality, I doubt it. I, knowing me, I probably just shook hands and didn't say anything. Yeah. Well, because it's because some guys, you see, like some guys are almost holding up the line now, right? I, I know, right? <laughs> I, I 100%. And, and that's okay because, you know, culture is different and society is different. And, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying that, you know, back in my time, what would, what would like if you seriously if you look back in the Oilers history and I there's a picture in our studio of Wayne Gretzky and Mike Bossy shaking hands after one of their series I don't know if it was the first series where uh, Islanders won or the second series where the Oilers won but you look at that handshake and they're not even looking at each other and I mean those are the two best players on the ice uh, in those series and you know there was no hey good luck or nice job or anything like that and two gentlemanly people but that that you know it was it's certainly a different time in 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 the game of hockey yeah that is interesting um when chris jones was here the first time coaching football he would he i think the first year here he didn't shake hands so he would usually wave at the other coach and run off the field and okay, i think you. once when he was asked about it he said well, after a game, win or lose, there's there's nothing I can say to him and there's nothing he's going to say to me. 
that's helpful right. to the other guy, right? So that's I don't right. Know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It just seems weird that, and you know, I'll go back to a year ago when Tampa eliminated the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Sheldon Keith kind of surprised people by saying, you know, that was different this year, and the things that uh, John Cooper said to him made it sound as though Cooper was extremely impressed with the Leafs now you know a year later they did eliminate Tampa but it just seemed odd for me that he would Keith had to bring that up as though that would happen to be important what another person said to him in the handshake line seemed yeah. odd yeah um what would you do as a player first few days after the season would, would you guys go out as a team would you try to sleep meet with your GM or coach what would you do uh, we always had exit meetings of some kind, uh, not necessarily always with the coach and not always with the general manager uh, together, but we would usually have uh, those kind of separately. Um, some would be pretty brief and others, you, you know, you'd have a longer conversation. Um, and then uh, certainly we would get together as teammates and we'd go out and we'd party it up a little bit and you know reminisce uh, chat about the what was and what you know how disappointed we were and you know all those sorts of things uh i know in fact when we were in la and we lost uh, to montreal in the finals i we belonged to a country club in in a place called manhattan beach and uh so the owner of the club loved the la king so much he threw a big party for us at the country club and uh, all of our teammates were there and it was kind of nice all the wives and girlfriends and everything it was kind of nice to have like one big blowout uh, sort of party with all of us together including all the spouses which sometimes doesn't normally happen sometimes guys just go out on their own and have some uh, a few drinks and a bite to eat and that kind of stuff so that was kind of a, a pleasant uh, memory well, that's, I mean, that's the Kelly Rudy story, right? From West Edmonton to country clubs in Manhattan Beach, right there. <laughs> so true, right? <laughs> uh, you put that in proper context, uh, didn't you? That, that's good dig on you. That was good. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, uh, as always, Kelly, it's a pleasure. Uh, we got a couple of more of these uh, here until uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, so it's always a pleasure. Great perspective on the Oilers, too, man. Really appreciate your time. All right, Reed. Have a great night. We'll talk to you next week. That is Kelly Rudy checking in. Couldn't resist the country club comment. Courtesy Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian. Store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca. Eighth inning. Still scoreless. Yankees and Blue Jays. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Ken Holland and Jay Woodcroft speaking to the media today. Woodcroft was asked about the Oilers having to improve some of the details of their game. There were moments for us in games where we certainly can be better. It could be a 90-second span here. It could be um, shift after a goal here, th those type of things. I think uh, how do you build the plan? I think you carefully review everything that's happened. Um, you spend a summer really looking at uh, new ways of doing things uh, that are appropriate for personnel that you have, and then you implement that over an 82-game schedule so that in the playoffs, um, those habits that you've built over that schedule show up under pressure. 
Woodcroft was also asked if uh, he could have made any different decisions throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not going to stand up here and, and say, um, you know, we just have to do what we do. We have to do it better. I think part of um, evolving as a team is adding layers to your game. Um, you know, if I were to look um, at the games, I think we had the lead in, in every one of them. So we were doing some some good things uh, as well. Uh, there were moments that we think we can handle better. Is that a tactic? Is it individual execution? That's part of the work that we're going to do. Um, we're serious about it. As I said, we are in this with our players. This is not uh, pointing fingers in any one way. This is about how do we collectively uh, come up with solutions and find answers. All right, a little bit there from Jay Woodcroft. 780-496-0063. Kellen, before the news here, give me a couple. Yes, a couple of quick ones. We got it, uh, one from an unknown texter from an uh, unknown country. I'll have to Google the country flag uh, that has come in on a text line as well. What do you mean but you got to Google the flag? I got to Google the flag, yes, because it's... Uh, it, the What's quickly, the area code or the country code? Uh, plus 973. So there's... Uh, I don't think that's a one. I think it's plus 973, and then uh, there's a four-digit number and a four-digit digit number right after so there we go okay uh, anyway they text in and say 5v5 success first minute readiness post school preparedness consistency team d equals coaching okay uh we also got one from pat who says hey it might Reed, be the united arab emirates i i think so I'm looking at that. It, 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 it does seem similar. Or, like I said, I will Google when we go to break and see what we got. Uh, Pat texts in and no, says, uh, Hey, Reed, I think we have to sign him for whatever he wanted. Increases our odds of keeping his buddies here, especially uh, McDavid. I think he's talking about the nurse contract. Oh, nurse. There. Yeah. Well, I do think part of that, too, is that Ken Holland wanted to say, Okay, nurse, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, Kane to some extent. Well, I guess Nurse was the contract extension was before Kane. But, yeah, I do think there is a uh, effort to, to keep a core of guys together for a long time, which I don't think is a bad thing. Again, this is, this is a very good team. This is a very good team. This is not a team that we were talking about on the show eight years ago that was thousands of miles away from even finishing in the top 24 in the league. Uh, one more quick one here from Greaser. I would ask Colin to move Kulak up, put Broberg in, and is Fanti going to be another goalie or just a waste of time? Oh, I thought Fanti's still a ways away. He had, but he had a fight and a goal in the ECHL. But yeah, I mean he's he's where Skinner was what three three years ago. So we got to see how he's going to develop. Okay, uh, a little more from you coming up, Drew Remenda, next on Inside Sports.